Uh, and if you're new online, I want to encourage you to make yourself known online. Reach out to the host. Say hi. If there's a prayer request or anything like that, or you got a question, ask that host, and they'll respond to you. Um, tonight, we're going to be continuing the Summer of Prayer teaching series. And tonight, Pastor Jack is going to be teaching on uh, how God speaks and how we can hear from him. And we're looking forward to many more of these messages because more now more than ever before, we need to dive deep into prayer. We need to be able to hear from God, and we need to be able to walk in his peace. We need to be able to walk in his will. We need to be the light, the hands and feet in our world, and that all begins and starts in prayer. Um, I want to give an update. Uh, our senior pastor, Brian, uh, he's at home, as most of you already know, but some of you may not. Uh, he recently had a stroke, and he did a bunch of tests this week. I think it was called a T-test. Uh, sounds like that was a lot of fun, Brian, for you out there. I'm sure that was a lot of fun to have that test done. And I think they put something down your throat and, I don't know, check out the backside of your heart. It's like, it's like going to the moon and seeing what's on the backside. Like maybe there's some Martians back there or something like that. But they didn't, they didn't find anything. So evidently he's doing really well. Continue to pray for healing for him and his family to be doing well at home. Miss you guys. Love you guys. Um... Uh, and finally, we're going to be praying now for not only our church, but really the, the church all across the city, and particularly the Church of the Week, uh, the Vail Christian Community Church. And we're going to pray for the Lees as well at home. So just, just join me now in prayer. So Lord, uh, we do need you, God. Every second, every day, Lord, we want to depend upon you. We don't want to depend upon our information. We don't want to depend upon what we think we know. We want to depend upon you, God. You told us in your word not to lean on our own understanding, but to trust you and to follow you and to obey you in everything that you teach us. And so tonight, God, we ask you to open up our ears, open up our eyes to hear you and to follow you and to obey you in everything, God. And we just ask for a special blessing uh, for the Vail Christian Church tonight, God, we know that they have a, a mission to want to reach their community down in Vail. And, and we and all in Tucson, God, we're all praying for them today. Unified churches. Uh, I think there's like a hundred of us praying for them today because we are united as the body of Christ. And it's such a wonderful thing, God, that you're doing in that church and in the church all over Tucson. And we give you praise in Jesus' name, God. So finally, Father, we just continue to ask you to bless the Lees at home. Fill their home with peace. Fill their bodies with healing. Bring strength and comfort, God, and may you grow them in your love tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we go. So we invite you to join us now and uh, just partake in the whole service of everything that's going on. Feel free to do that. Bye-bye. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight It was my turn Till I met you I was breathing but Fears I try to hide 
It's just a song that kind of rolls along. It's just the timing of that. The words in that song can be really um, just pertinent to the times. And so this is a new song that we're about to sing. It's called Lord Send Revival. And I just feel like these words 
Uh, first of all, if you don't realize, a lot of times with worship, what we're doing, we're actually, as we sing these songs, um, we're giving you language for your prayer. Like we're giving uh, ourselves language of how we can speak to God, how we can pray to him. And uh, this song was written sometime last year. And within the past year, I think we can all agree there's been a lot that's gone on. And so much has gone on. I think some of us have even forgotten there's the bushfire situation in Australia that was just really awful. Uh, and so this was a song that was actually kind of sung uh, by a youth group team in, in uh, Australia, Hillsong Young and Free, at their big convention. And, and they sang this song just really as a prayer for their nation in the midst of that time as, as the bushfires were just kind of wreaking havoc there. And then since then, obviously, we've had COVID-19 happen, and that's when they kind of released the song to the world. Now we've got you know, Black Lives Matter, uh, the movements, the demonstrations. And here in Tucson, we've got our own fire situation that we're dealing with on Mount Lemmon. Um, and so I, I just feel like these words are poignant. I feel like these are words that we need. And you think about the idea of revival, to ask God to come back and to breathe life into something that's dead. I think that's what we all desire. And yet, um, so often I think we might hear from God, but it's, it's hard for us to be obedient fully, isn't it? And so the truth of, of the matter is this, that we can sing this song and we can sing these words and it can be meaningful, but unless we choose to live these things out each and every day, uh, what, what's gonna change, you know? So I think that's really, it's a call, it's a challenge for all of us, is how can we honor God uh, with the things that he's asked us to do? And so Jack's gonna be speaking tonight on, on hearing from God, and uh, I pray that you hear from him in this song. I pray that over the next week you hear from him, but I pray that more than that, uh, how can we be obedient to him? Because what would it look like in this city if if a group of us just committed ourselves to saying, whatever it is that he asks us to do, we're gonna do it. Even if no, no one else is gonna worship, even if no one else is gonna go out and help the poor, we're gonna be the ones to go out and do that. We're gonna be the ones to live that out. I think that's where we might start to see seeds of revival planted and where we might start to see that happening. So um, I just challenge you, whether you're at home, whether you're here in the room, uh, turn it up, let's sing out a little bit. And I know it's gonna be a little unfamiliar at first, uh, but we're going to sing these bridges enough that I, I think you're going to get it. And I think it's really going to um, bless your heart the way that it's blessed mine over these last uh, few months as I've been listening to this song. So um, let's just sing it. like a river wash over me immerse me in water as deep as the sea hide me in love your healing embrace peace like a river Wash over me as I worship your majesty. I worship your holy name, Jesus, my everything. All that I am is
one more time over our city, over our church, over our families, over our own hearts. Just sing Lord send revival. Lord send revival, Lord send it now, move of your spirit, heaven break out. Come now in power, cover this land like you've done it in revival Lord send it now above your spirit heaven break come now in power cover this land like you've done it before would you do it again so that's our prayer that's our, our greatest desire tonight Lord you've done it before, would you do it again? Man, what would it look like tonight if the Holy Spirit were just to break out in our lives, to fill us freshly, to empower us to go out and to live the gospel truth in our communities, with our families, with our coworkers, with our friends. So Jesus, would you uh, just put it within our hearts to recommit ourselves to you tonight, Lord, to just rededicate ourselves to the ways that you've called us. There's that line in the song, that's to drench the unseen. And the truth is we all have these places in our heart that we've held back from you, God. And what we need is just for you to rain down in those places, to take those places back. So God, we just, we place our whole heart before you tonight. We just say, Lord, we trust you. Whatever it is that you wanna do, we're committing ourselves to hear from you and not just to hear your word, but to actually do it, to be obedient to it. So thank you, Lord, that you have empowered us because of your spirit, that whatever it is you've called us to do, wherever you want us to go, you're gonna provide uh, all the means that we need, all the strength, all the courage, whatever it is. God, you've prepared us, you've given us all that we need in Christ uh, so that we can walk with you on a daily basis. So Jesus, we just trust you with tonight pray that you would anoint Jack as he comes to speak. Pray that you would speak boldly through him and that your words uh, would wash over us, would challenge us, would convict us, uh, would really more than anything lead us to change in whatever ways that you want to uh, shape our hearts to be more like your son, Jesus. So if you're at home, if you're here in the room, just take a moment to pray for yourself. Ask God to speak to you tonight.
take a moment to pray for Jack, pray for his message and just ask God to, to use him tonight to be a blessing to us all. love you. We trust you. And we come with expectant hearts tonight, ready to see what it is that you're going to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 A move of the Spirit, heaven break out. Our world needs more of that. I need more of that. We need more of that. So we're, we're thrilled uh, for all of us to be kind of leaning in, seeking and praying that whether you're here in the house with us tonight or at your house, we just want to welcome you, especially if you're new. I know tuning in or showing up is just, it, it's kind of scary when you're going to a new place. And so we're just glad to have you here. Um, I think back to, I don't know if you've ever taken an adventure where you had a guide with you. Uh, I don't know if you ever took an adventure. Uh, I remember my dad, it's Father's Day, so happy Father's Day again to all the, the fathers out there and those watching. I remember with my dad, we, we did this crazy thing in Boy Scouts where we hiked the Grand Canyon and, and spent eight days down in the Grand Canyon. We had this guide who had done it before, and the first night we slept underneath, like on top of a tarp in the sleeping bags, and then another tarp on top. It's kind of like a you know people sandwich type thing, and you were there, and it was like 22 degrees and it was freezing, and I was like, what in the world am I doing for the next eight days? And we had this guy that directed us down there. We stayed at Granite Rapids, which is like this little beach area right around the Colorado River coming through, and it was amazing to hear the history and to understand what all the different uh, kind of formations of rocks were, and this, the guide was amazing. The, the guide made it so much better than just doing it on my own, and then my dad and I had this awesome experience where the, my favorite kind of guides they're called caddies, and we got to go and actually play at Pebble Beach. And I'm telling you, it was the most glorious golf course I've ever been on. TV does no justice to how gorgeous it is. God's best creation maybe there. And the caddies got to walk us around and carry our clubs and teach us how the things would break. And, and if you're a golfer, it's, it's just it's heaven, just shy of heaven. Um, and if you're not, then like you're bored. Uh, but... Anyway, it was just awesome having these caddies and these guides. And the reality is we can all go it on our own, but guides have a way of just making it better because they have the experience, they have the know-how, they have the insight. And I want you to keep that in mind tonight as we look at this idea that God is a guiding God, if you'll let him. He's a, a guiding God, and God didn't create creation and just kind of leave people unattended to and not spoken with. He didn't kind of set it and forget it, and he's not that kind of creator. He created, and he is close, and he is near, and he is tuned in, and he has attention on us, and he longs to communicate and connect. And this idea of understanding who God really is and what he's really like goes all the way back toward the beginning of the Bible as God called out to Abram. It wasn't even Abraham then. It was Abram. And he said, Abram, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your country. I want you to go to the land I'm going to show you. I want to guide you to where I want you to go. And Abram says, yes. 
and off he goes and, and becomes Abraham. And the whole story of God is him finding and forming a people to himself begins to take place. And, and God's, remember as he rescued the people out of Israel in this Exodus story, and he would go by the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by the day. And it was this physical picture of a, a spiritual reality of God wanting to guide his people. Some of the most famous verses from Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't be dependent on your own understanding. In all that you do, trust him, seek his will, and he will show you which path to take. God is a guiding God. Maybe the most famous Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He knows what I need. And he guides me in these ways. God is a guiding God. He doesn't leave people on their own or unattended to and not communicated with. God communicates. And he wants us to tune in to his voice. He wants us to understand that one of the, the greatest facets of, of God's character is this guidance that he wants to give. And so often we can become confused by that. If we're just honest, there are some people who use the language of divine guidance and they say phrases like, well, the Lord told me to do this or God spoke to me about going here. Or, God put this burden in my heart and God showed me this and it's awesome and that's beautiful. And yet there's some other people who love God, who trust him. Who, who seek to know him, and yet they never seem to have this kind of feeling, this kind of sense, this kind of understanding where they've heard from him, and, and so they begin to wonder, even in themselves, am I doing this wrong? Is there some kind of secret that I'm missing? Am I really understanding, are these people just making this stuff up? How do I get on the same wavelength? How do I get into this communication correspondence where I begin to understand it? And we want to be a people who hear from God. And so we have to learn how to recognize his voice that God is speaking and learn to recognize the ways for us to tune in to him. And so I want you to go back to an Old Testament story, one of my favorite stories in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And if you have your app, you can kind of follow along with sermon notes there. If you're online, you can follow there. But in, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, it's about Samuel, and he's young. He's probably about 10, 11, 12 years old, and he's serving in the temple of the Lord, and there with Eli, the prophet Eli, and, and he's serving. And there's this story that begins to unfold in Samuel's life. You'll read the rest of First and Second Samuel. You'll see all of the amazing things that God does in Samuel's life, the story he takes him on. It's a wonderful story, and it begins like this. The boy, Samuel, ministered before the Lord under Eli, and in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. It's an interesting phrase, isn't it? In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. And yet, the very next couple of verses, the Lord calls out to Samuel, calls him by name Samuel. And Samuel, thinking it's Eli, kind of runs down the hallway to Eli and says, here I am. Did you call me Eli? And Eli says, no, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. It's kind of toward nighttime, and, and we're kind of turning in for the time, and, and it goes on. Now, Samuel did not know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called to Samuel a third time, so a second time, and then a third time. And Samuel got up. He went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. And Eli realized in that moment it was the Lord trying to get Samuel's attention. He said, go lie down, and if you hear the voice again, if you hear it, just say these words, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. 
Eli's ministry in that moment was trying to help Samuel recognize and understand the voice. And Samuel did in the beginning of his relationship. But here's what I want to point out. God was speaking to Samuel in this story. And Samuel knew that he was being addressed, but he did not know it was God. He actually had to learn how to recognize that God was speaking to him. In other words, it's possible for God to speak to someone and for that person to know something's going on and yet not recognize or pinpoint it or, or pin that to God's voice. And the truth is we all have to learn how to recognize and how to tune in and how to hear. And so the question becomes, well, what does it mean to communicate with someone? How, how do we communicate? It, it's pretty awesome, the fact that we get to communicate, that you could turn to your neighbor right now and communicate, and, and you and at home can listen, and we're, we're communicating right now. It's pretty awesome privilege that we and humankind can understand one another. But one way of thinking of communication is simply that communication is simply guiding someone else's thoughts. You're helping them think about something that maybe they weren't intentionally going to think about but you're getting and beginning to turn their attention that way. Dallas Willard wrote a book called Hearing God, Listening to the Voice of God, highly recommended. And he spoke about this concept, this idea of communication, and how in our finiteness, we're limited to using speech, using words. And so when I communicate, right now you're listening to this and you're beginning to think about, okay, do I want to hear God? How do I hear God? And you're thinking thoughts that maybe you didn't think about driving here or think about when you logged in and, and you're beginning to have someone communicate in a way and you're beginning to figure out, okay, is this right? And, and can I understand this? And does this work for me? Communication is guiding someone else's thoughts. And sometimes we do that with words and sometimes we do that with symbols. We write things down, and it's called reading. Maybe we've done it. And reading directs your thoughts. It's your thoughts. But it's someone else kind of prompting your thoughts to begin to think about a certain way. And because we're finite creatures, we have to use sound and symbols. But because God is infinite, he doesn't have to. That he understands your brain and understands your life better than you do. And he's not limited. He does use sound, and he does use symbols, and he speaks through people who talk and people who write, and he does that often. But he doesn't have to. He's not limited like we are. And he can plant thoughts, and, and plants thoughts right into our soul and right into us because he is infinite and because he can. He simply can guide a thought, and part of the reality is us learning how do I recognize God's voice amidst all the voices that swirl around me? How do I begin to recognize the promptings of the Holy Spirit? God whispering something maybe deep within your heart when there's a swirl of other noise that's going on around you. See, prayer is not just me talking to God. God talks back. He longs to. He's not a set it and forget it kind of God and walked away. He's near, he's close, he's tuned in to you, and he longs to communicate. He longs to be heard, and he longs for you to hear. And prayer is not just you saying words to God. It's also listening to him talking back. This is what Jesus said in John 10, remember? Where when he, the good shepherd, 
When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Here's what I know about you. As a follower of Jesus, you long to hear from God. You want to. I know it's in there in you. It's in there in me. I want to hear, and yet sometimes I miss it. Sometimes I'm deaf to it. Sometimes I struggle to hear it because I've got other voices turned up louder in my life. And we, as we have a personal relationship with God, it means that we have to be open to the possibility of God speaking to us. He does that in several ways. God prompting us. He does that in significant ways. You want to have ears to hear. And, and so you want to ask God to, to formulate, to form, to create, to cultivate ears that hear. God is a guiding God. He wants to communicate. The question is, are we tuned in? And how do we get better at that? How many of you remember, like, at school, and you would have those sound tests? Remember, you would get called up to the office, and they'd put on those headphones, right? And the person would be across the table a little further away, and they'd say, okay, listen, I want you to raise your hand when you hear the beep, right? And it's the right, and they, they try to mess you up. It's like Simon says, they try to get you out. Uh, but you're trying to figure out, okay, is that a beep in both ears? Is that a beep in just one ear? Is that right or left? And what if I fail? Are they kicking me out of school? And just, I don't know if you had those anxiety thoughts like I did, but, uh, but you remember those things, and the reality is we tune in to try to hear, and we would concentrate really hard. We do this in athletics. Think about it. If you're an athlete, you've been an athlete, uh, you go to any gym or any field, and what you hear is a ton of noise. But I bet, I bet when your coach yelled, you heard their voice. And I bet when your dad or your mom yelled, I bet you heard their voice. We have an incredible ability, a skill set in humanity to be able to tune out some things and tune in to the right things. And that's what the scriptures are calling over and over to say. You want to get better at this because you want to tune in to God's voice. Now, I know talking about this idea of hearing from God in some ways can kind of push back a little bit. In some ways, it can kind of knock you off balance because the reality is people have said lots of things. Oh, I heard God, and then they did a lot of destructive and a lot of evil things. And so in society, we can push back against this and go, I don't, I don't trust those people. And, and how do you know those people aren't and these people and I would? And there's lots of questions. I love comedian Lily Tomlin said this, why is it that when we speak to God, we are said to be praying? But when God speaks to us, we're said to be schizophrenic. There's a tension here, isn't there? Just the reality of it. How do we hear from God? Well, there's a couple different ways. I love what the prophet Isaiah writes. Is he saying, this is what God says, Isaiah 55. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, they do not return without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish. So my word, God says, it goes out from my mouth, and it will not return to me empty. It will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So how do we get better at tuning in to God's voice? It's always going out. God is a guiding God. He is a God who wants to communicate and is communicating. So how do we get better at having ears to hear? How do we get better at that? Jesus used that phrase often. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Do you know what Jesus meant by that? 
is that there's is kind of a second listening sometimes. We listen to a lot of sounds, a lot of symbols, a lot of noise in our world, but sometimes there's a second wave of that. That's what Jesus was getting at. He said it six different times in the Gospels, eight different times in the book of Revelation. When he said, whoever has ears, let him hear, he was exhorting you to, to listen to God and not just hearing once, but to hear a second time. That by hearing relationally, the one who has saved us and who is connected to us and who is forever for us, he longs to communicate. And so this idea of listening and tuning in. See, God isn't lecturing us. We're not detached and unknown subjects to him. And he just lectures forth some communication. God is speaking to his beloved children, you. You're his child as a follower of Jesus, and he longs to whisper, just like any good dad longs to whisper encouragement and love into his children's ears. God longs to communicate this way. How does God whisper best? Well, Mark Batterson wrote a book called Whisper, How Do You Hear the Voice of God? He kind of lists out seven different ways of, of ways God communicates, scriptures, desires, doors, dreams, People and nature, a lot of people hear that, promptings and pain. I want to focus on two. This idea of the scriptures and the promptings of God. How do we get better at hearing? This powerful, impactful experiences that we can have. Two predominant ways. God always communicates through his scriptures. He, is, he provided them, preserved them, protected them. They are alive and active that we may know. I love what Paul writes to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says, the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation. Meaning, the point of these scriptures is to drive you to the fact that you need Jesus. You can't do it on your own. And that you need a relationship with the one who's trying to call out for you. That you find wise for salvation through faith in Christ. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. I love the word training. In Greek, it's padia. Do you know what it means? It means to parent. It's a parenting term. Meaning, I, I want to teach you. I'm going to challenge you if I need to, rebuke you in that way. I'm going to correct you. But I want to train you. I want to parent you up in the faith. That these words from these scriptures are meant to be alive and active to parent us, to help raise us up in faith and righteousness. So God, the servant of God, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That we would be people who are not just informed and know, but that we would be equipped to do something with what we know. That's the point. Yes, we would know God. Yes, we would hear from him. But yes, we would do something with what we hear and how he's trained us. After 10 years of a research study, LifeWay did, here's what they found about growing in spiritual maturity. Here's what they said. The number one indicator of growing in spiritual maturity and for growth was Bible engagement. People who spent time in God's word. I want to challenge you, friends, myself included, Let's be people of the scriptures, not people who just carry them around, not people who just have an app on their phone, but people who actually get into it and say, God, would you speak? Your servant is listening. I want to know you better. 
I want to help make you known. I, I want to live out what I know. And so would you speak into my life? Uh, Dallas Willard said this, God's directive voice does not usually come out of the blue. God's directive voice is written down for us to say, here's what I'm about. See, God speaks most clearly to those who are meditating on his word most consistently. If you want to be a person who hears from God often, then spend time with him in the scriptures, meditating on them, thinking about them, praying into them, listening as he speaks through them. You want to hear from God, you've got to persist in being with God, in spending time with him. The predominant way God will speak into your life and nudge your heart is through the word, the scriptures, and through the word, Jesus, his life and his example. And as you spend time with him, reading the scriptures and seeing Jesus for who he is, leaning into him, he will nudge your heart and speak to you. A.W. Tozer wrote this, the Bible is not uh, only a book which was once spoken, but a book which is now speaking. It's continually going out. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is alive and active. That there's something special about these scriptures. It's not just a book from the past. It's been preserved and protected and championed so that we may know him and we may do something with what we now know. And we may be whispered in that. We want to be people who tune into that. God will not contradict his scriptures. He will not whisper something to you that is counter to what is in here. That's how you can know. See, that's where people get sideways. Is they say, well, God told me to do this, and, and they do that, and then you go, well, that's nowhere in here. And, and so why are you taking that out of context? Like, that's, it's not going to happen. God is a loving Father. Remember what we looked at the Lord's Prayer? He already knows what you need. And so to tune into him is to say, God, I want to hear your voice. It's speaking. I want to listen in. Uh, Dallas wrote this also. I can't, be, I can't stress too much that the permanent address at which the word of God may be found is the Bible. More of God's speaking to me has come in conjunction with the study, reading, and teaching of the scripture than anything else. God speaks, and he speaks often and loudly and soundly through his word. So the challenge for you, challenge for me, is are we hanging out with him? And that isn't a guilt thing. In fact, um, I want to invite you. I want to challenge you. If you've been struggling to read the Bible, struggling to kind of hear from God, and yet deep in your heart, you're like, I want to hear from God. Then in the notes section, I put a link to a 10-day version reading plan. 10 days. You can do 10 days. And just click the link and challenge yourself for 10 days. And just say, God, I want to hear from you. I want to spend time with you, and I want to hear from you. And so would you allow your scriptures and would your spirit speak as I read and as I meditate and as I think about it, as I dwell on, as I chew on it? That's what the word meditate literally means in the scriptures. It's this idea of chewing on something over and over to get the most out of it. That you would it's, think crockpot uh, more than like just, you know, fast food type thing. It's a crock pot that is meant to sit with you and travel with you and go with you and stir things within you. So another way God speaks, not just through the scriptures, but through promptings. 
It's the prompting of the Holy Spirit that as you are a follower of Jesus, you have been saved and you have been sealed. You've been saved by the grace of Jesus and sealed by the Holy Spirit, gifted the Holy Spirit to travel life with you. Jesus said, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm sending a helper who will be with you and travel every single day with you, and he will speak. He will help you. Do you remember what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit? John 14. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said. That the Holy Spirit's role is to teach us and to remind us to teach us the ways of God, the heart of God, how we live this way of Jesus out loud for people to see and experience, and to remind you. This is why meditating on Scripture and memorizing Scripture is so important, because it's the Spirit will use those Scriptures to, to pop into your mind in certain moments and certain times as you travel through life, that often the, the Spirit will speak these reminders to us. This idea that may we get promptings to react in the moment, and when you are prompted, that you would say yes to those promptings. That when maybe the Holy Spirit might whisper something deep within your heart that you're like, I, I think I gotta do that. Like, I think God's kind of nudging me to do that, that you would step forward and say, I think I wanna do that. Is that easy to do sometimes? No. Sometimes there's a, a moment, I've had moments where it's like, okay, you need to go help that person. And it's like, God, I'm in a hurry, and I don't want to help that person. And I, I know you love that person. I don't know that person. And I just, I'm in a hurry, and I want to go this way, and God will be like, I need you to go, like, remember, active agent, that's you. I'm tapping you on the shoulder. Let's go. And there are sometimes I say no. And I'm the one who loses in that moment. But every time I've said yes, I'm the one who's blessed by that moment. And so you want to lean in and learn how to tune into those. And then when they come, to step forward into those. Henry Nouwen, um, one of my favorite authors, uh, <clears throat> a priest who taught at Yale and Harvard, incredibly well-educated, incredibly intelligent man. In the last later years of his life, he felt like God was telling him to go and live among this community. It was a community of just really challenged adult people, challenged with uh, mental and physical disabilities, and he lived there. He wrote from there. A lot of his writings come from those times, and it blessed him. It healed him. And it was interesting, in one of those moments in that community, there was a, a guy named Trevor, uh, a man with severe mental and emotional challenges who was sent to a psychiatric facility. And for an evaluation, Henry one time wanted to go and meet him and have lunch with Trevor. And so he called up the facility and said, hey, Trevor's there. He's a, a patient of yours, and I want to come and just have lunch with him. And so uh, the, the kind of the owner, the manager, the, the, the director of that facility called him back quickly and said, uh, Mr. Dowen, it just, if you're coming here, we, we would love to throw a lunch in your honor. And, and we want to invite some PhDs and clergymen and just people, well-known, you know, educated doctors and uh, to staff to come and just, would you teach us? Would you just kind of spend some time with our staff and pour into us? And he said, sure, I'd love to do that. And so he shows up at this facility and he looks around and there's PhDs and doctors and just professional people all over the place in the gold room that they've set aside for this luncheon. And he looks around and there's no Trevor. 
And so he says to the person who's hosting, he says, look, um, hey, where's Trevor? I, I was coming to have lunch with Trevor. And, and the, the gentleman in charge said, well, Mr. Nowen, we, clients can't be in the gold room. Like, we've never had a client in the, the gold room. And, and we, we thought we would just kind of let you do this luncheon and then you could go have, you know, go have some time with Trevor. And, and Henry just felt in his spirit this kind of this nudge from the spirit to say, um, include Trevor. He needs community. And so Henry turned to the director and said, I, I really feel like I, I wanna ask Trevor to be here and I don't wanna be an inconvenience and I don't wanna push back. Henry is never a confrontational type person. And, and so he just asked and the director said, it's, it's never happened. We've never had a client in the gold room. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Nowanat. And Henry looked at him and said, well, if, if Trevor can't be a part of the lunch, then I guess I won't be part of the lunch either. Amazingly, Trevor got invited um, to the luncheon uh, and was there 10 minutes later as the luncheon began to take place and all these important people, and you've been in places like that before as people try to jostle and position themselves close to the famous one who's there to try to position themselves next and people all around. And, and he showed up and he was seated there and Trevor was next to him and he was talking to the person on his right and Trevor's there and by nature, um, he begins to have this experience and, and Trevor stands up in the middle of this luncheon at one point and says, a toast, I will give a toast. Well, you can imagine the shock as a very challenged individual is now standing in front of PhDs and clergymen and, and people of well-renown. And Henry looks over and Trevor grabs his glass and begins to sing. If you're happy and you know it, raise your glass. If you're happy and you know it, raise your glass. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, raise your glass. And the awkwardness in the room, much like right now, <laughs> is just sitting there. And then something amazing happened. As doctors and PhDs and well-educated people took a clue and took a cue from someone who was very challenged. And they raised their glass and they began to sing. If you're happy and you know it, raise your glass. And it goes on and on and pretty soon even Henry and they're all shouting this phrase, this song. And then Trevor finishes his toast. It's real short. Thanking Henry. They all sit down. They eat luncheon, it goes on. Henry speaks, it's powerful. But you want to know what everybody remembered? Is when God used somebody that they didn't think God would use to speak to them. And he did. All because a Mr. Nowen said, you know what? I could be quiet, and I could just let you be the director, and I'll just go along. And, but I, I sense Trevor needs to be here. 
and not just for me. And he would write later in one of his books that people 10 years later, when they talked to Henry, they recounted that luncheon. And it wasn't what Henry had to say. It was what Trevor had to sing and how it blessed them. Friends, God still speaks. The Holy Spirit still guides. The promptings of God still unfold. God's scriptures still convey his truth in the heart. They are alive and active for those who have ears to hear. That's what you want. God, cultivate within me ears to hear. Then I might be captivated. Then I might know. Then I might understand. See, God speaks most clearly to those who are meditating on his word most consistently. God prompts still. One of the best ways to get better at hearing the promptings of God is to get really, really quiet. Solitude is a lost art in our society. It might just be one of the greatest disciplines, spiritual disciplines, you could cultivate. A solitude where you shut out the noise and you begin to try to tune in. Okay, God, I want to meet you in the scriptures today. And now I'm going to be quiet because prayer isn't just me talking. It's me listening. And so would you just help this passage sit with me for a while? God, would you help me be open to the promptings of the Spirit a little bit more. So again, if, if you're challenged, if you want a challenge of saying, hey, I want to get better at the scriptures, then there's a 10-day link right in your notes that you can click and go and just start it today. I did it in three days this week, but you can do it in the next 10 days. It takes you five minutes. And, and just train your brain and your spirit and your soul to begin to listen See, prayer isn't just me talking to God. God still speaks. And so, Father, we pray that you would formulate, cultivate, and curate ears to hear. God, in our generation, in our time, there is so much noise. Forgive us for the ways that we fill up the airwaves around us, maybe even drowning out or tuning out your voice. Would you help us to get better? The silence and solitude. Would you give us ears to hear as we read your word? And it's not just something we read to get through, but we read it so that it gets through us. that you begin to, to motivate and move within us, Holy Spirit. We want to be a people that when you prompt us, we step forward and we say yes. And we enjoy the adventure that that unfolds, the intimacy that that brings, the blessing that it steers across our path. Father, as we worship you in this song, would you take these simple moments? Maybe there's one phrase that stuck out to us. Maybe there's one phrase that stuck out to you. Or 
that caught your attention, would you just pray into that during this song? Would you just ask God to give you ears to hear and a heart that responds? I open up 
Jesus, have your way in me now. I open up my heart have your way in me now. I open up my heart to you. I open up my heart to you now. So do what only you can. Father, that's what we pray for, is a touch of heaven, a touch from you, not just on Sundays, but in our everyday life. Would you give us ears to hear, eyes to see you at work, and the privilege of hearing from you, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
want to thank you for being in the house with us. Thanks for joining us again online. If you are brand new, uh, I'm going to be back here at the table in the back. We'd love to, to meet you. If you're here, if you're online, hang out with our hosts a little bit. They'd love to pray for you. David will be down front here to pray. We want to thank you again, all of you who partner with us uh, financially, kind of helping the church be on mission, even through crazy times. Uh, thank you, each one of you who do that, and uh, you continue to do that. You can in-house, you can do it on the boxes in the back or online or through the app. If you don't have the app, grab that. Uh, if you're looking for a place to volunteer, to kind of contribute some of your talents, uh, we're looking to kind of beef up our tech team. They're awesome, and you would love to be a part of their family, and so talk with us if you're about that. And as you leave tonight, again, if you're a dad, happy Father's Day. If you're at home, Go to your own fridge. But if you're here, uh, we got some iced chilled root beer for you out back in the red cooler. Help yourself to that. And uh, we'll practice physical distancing as we go. Uh, but we're thrilled to have you. And we'll see you all back next week as we continue kind of leaning into how do we hear from God. So we'll see you next week. <laughs>